Welcome to our community. We hope you enjoy this message from our special guest. Good morning. I want to welcome you to this Sunday gathering where we are coming together to hear the word of the Lord. Welcome to ICC and IFGF. My name is Pastor Jason, and I'm glad to be able to come and speak to you during this month. As you know, we've been doing this month on the focus of prayer where it's called Peace for Our City. Already, we had three weeks of praying, and the third week focus was about freedom from bondages. And so today, I want to bring to you a teaching where we can talk about how really we can pray for the lost. Because at the end of the day, the biggest bondage that most people have is the bondage not just to addictions or other issues, but it's really the root cause of every bondage, which is the issue of sin. So if you have your Bibles with me this morning, I want you to turn to the book of Luke chapter 16. We're gonna start with verse 19. The book of Luke chapter 16, starting at verse 19. And we're gonna read all the way down to verse 31. It's a very famous or familiar passage of scripture in the Bible, which is called the rich man and Lazarus. Verse 19 says, there was a rich man who was dressed in purple and fine linen and lived in luxury every day. At his gate was laid a beggar named Lazarus, covered for sores, with sores, and longing to eat what fell from the rich man's table. Even the dogs came and licked his sores. The time came when the beggar died and the angels carried him to Abraham's side. The rich man also died and was buried. Verse 23, in Hades, where he was in torment, he looked up and saw Abraham far away with Lazarus by his side. So he called to him, Father Abraham, have pity on me and send Lazarus to dip his tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue because I am in agony in this fire. But Abraham replied, son, remember that in your lifetime, you received your good things while Lazarus received bad things. But now he is comforted here and you are in agony. And besides all this between you and I is a great chasm that has been set in place so that those who want to cross from here to you cannot, nor can anyone cross over from there to us. Verse 27, he answered, then I beg you, father, send Lazarus to my family for I have five brothers. Let him warn them so that they will not also come to this place of torment. Abraham replied, they have Moses and the prophets. Let them listen to them. No, father Abraham, he said, but if someone from the dead goes to them, they will repent. He said to him, if they do not listen to Moses and the prophets, they will not be convinced even if someone rises from the dead. Let's take some time to pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for your word. We thank you that your word is anointed. And I pray today that you will begin to pull on our hearts of how there was a great need of praying for the lost not just our family members, not just our friends, but Father, for the lost people on this island of Bali. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. 
Now, I love this passage of scripture because this teaching or this story that Jesus shared was not a story like any other parable. This was a true story by all theologians who begin to study the history of the time of Jesus because he mentions Lazarus' name. He mentions the name of Moses specifically. And so we see how Jesus, who was God, was able to step back and share what he saw in heaven of the story of a rich man who was in torment and this poor man who was now in heaven by the name of Lazarus. On the mind of God are two things. It's always gonna be souls, meaning people, the lost, and eternity. Now, before I can tell you how to pray for the lost, I brought this story up because I think it's important to know why we need to pray for the lost. If you never understand why, you will never have compassion to be able to get on your knees or to be able to go around your city and do a prayer walk and continue to contend for those people by name or that city by name for all the people who don't know him yet. We see in the word of God, the reason why we need to pray for the lost, Jesus said it best in the book of Luke, chapter 19, verse 10. Jesus said that the son of man came to seek and save that which was lost. If that was the mission of Jesus while he was here on this earth, how much more should that be on our hearts as we are going out looking to also represent the son of God to all people so that know that they know that they can have an opportunity of new life, of hope, of being born again, where they're set free from this life of sin and all bondages are broken and now they can live as a son or daughter of God in the house forever. Why should we also pray for the lost? What's the need behind it? Because as we saw in this story, Hell is a conscience place of physical, mental, and spiritual torment. It's a place of memory and awareness. It's a conscience place of physical, mental, and spiritual torment. We begin to see how this man was in agony and he was begging for someone just to cool the tip of his tongue. I don't know about you, but in all my years of ministry, I have heard many people from different backgrounds. Some people think that hell might be just a figurative, meaning not real place. I have heard other people begin to declare and teach that hell is just a place for the really bad individuals, like your Adolf Hitlers. And I begin to hear other people who think and declare that hell is gonna be an everlasting party where they're gonna have fun. But today, if you are a follower of Jesus, you have to believe what the Bible says and what Jesus was teaching. It's a place of torment that never ends. Why should we pray for the loss? Point number three. Because even the people who are there in that place of torment in hell don't want anybody else to come to the same place they are. They don't want them to visit and come to that place. 
Because we just read in Luke 16, verse 18, where the man says, listen, Lord, I have five brothers. Please send someone to warn them. I don't want them to come here. And if you are a believer in Christ, it should be burning in you that everyone you know, you want them to be in the place of the almighty God where we have a desire to populate heaven and not to populate hell. Why should we also be praying for the lost? Because Jesus said it best in Matthew chapter seven, verse 13 and 14. And I'm gonna read from the New Living Translation. It says, Jesus said these words, you cannot enter God's kingdom only through, you can, you can enter God's kingdom only through the narrow gate. The highway to hell is broad it, it, and its gate is wide for the many who choose that way. Verse 14, but the gateway to life is very narrow and the road is difficult. Only a few find it. You don't have to be a theologian to understand the meaning of that. What Jesus was saying, that there are many people who are on this path to total separation from God and how only a few find the gate of life. So this is why we as a people, we as a community need to pray for our city, but not just the city, meaning buildings and the environment, but really a city is comprised of individuals, people by name. When we're saying, Lord, Father, may that never be. Help to use me to reach as many people as I can so that they can find the truth and the narrow road which leads to you, my God. I wanna talk to you now by five keys to breakthroughs, prayer for the loss. Five key breakthrough prayers for the loss. If you're taking notes, key number one, all prayer begins with recognizing your heavenly father. We see in Matthew chapter six, verse seven through nine, you see how Jesus is teaching us how to pray. And he says, when you pray, don't babble on using many words like the Gentiles, thinking that all your many beautiful words is gonna reach the ears of God. But he said, when you pray, pray in faith and pray like this. And he teaches us, the disciples, he says, our Father who is in heaven, holy or hallow be your name. Key number one is, all prayer must recognize our heavenly father. When you're saying, God, I need you. It shows your dependency. So if you want to pray for the loss and reach the loss, just know you have to come to a place where you humble yourself and you come to God first, giving him praise, honor, and glory and saying, God, I choose to follow you. You put yourself in a place knowing that without God, it is impossible. 
But the Bible declares that when you recognize God first and put him in the center of your life, your prayer life, in your family, for your city, that all things becomes possible. I have met, this is saddled, but I have met several Christians or many Christians who look to God like a drive through at McDonald's. They pull up to the speaker, they put their order in, then they drive up to the next window thinking they can get there, they can pick up their order of prayers. That's not how it works. God desires relationship. God desires that we remain one in him as he is one in us where there's a fellowship and a communion where you always are interacting with God. The second key to breakthrough prayer for the loss is we need to remove all doubt that God doesn't want to save the loss. Remove all doubt that God doesn't want to save the loss. Because our doubt can hinder our prayers and hinder God coming through and reaching your family members or the lost people of the city. The verse I have here to show you, and there are many verses like John three sixteen, but I wanna point you to the book of 2 Peter, verse three, I mean, chapter three, verse nine, reading from the New Living Translation, it says, the Lord isn't really being slow about his promises, as some people think. No, he's being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed, but wants everyone to repent. You should know, and I want to declare, that God's will is known and certain. It is God's will that all people come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ and he desires that no one perishes, but everyone comes to a place of everlasting life and repentance. If you do not know that it's the will of God for the worst people to be saved, for the worst people to be transformed into the image of Christ where they become children of God, if you don't believe that, then your prayers will be hampered. Your prayers will be held back. Because I know in Mark 11, Mark chapter 11, verse 22 to verse 24, it says that if you do not have the faith of God and do not doubt, and if you don't doubt, you can tell this mountain to move and be thrown into the sea. And it says, whatever you ask for in prayer, you will receive. So we have to remove all doubt and know it's the will of God that every person, every man, every woman, and every child comes to this beautiful relationship and everlasting life called salvation through Jesus Christ. Key number three to breakthrough prayer. Take authority over the spiritual blindness that prevents people from understanding. Take authority over the spiritual blindness that prevents people from understanding their need for Jesus Christ. If you have your Bibles, turn to the book of 2 Corinthians chapter four, verse four. 
2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4. And I'm reading from the New Living Translation and it says, Satan, who is God, lowercase g, of this world, has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. They are unable to see the glorious light of the good news. They don't understand this message about the glory of Christ who is the exact likeness of God. Some of you are thinking, I've been spending all these years sharing the gospel with people I know. And I feel like there's always a block. I wanna let you know that sometimes people do not or cannot receive the gospel because there is a demonic spiritual blindness that is over them that's preventing them from seeing the truth and their need in Jesus Christ. I remember a few years ago, there's a great man. We do ministry uh, throughout this island. And one time we were together and he was sharing with me that in his former life, before he decided to become a follower of Jesus, he was a priest that oversaw a pretty large village. And he looked at me with tears in his eyes, sharing this story. He said, I used to pray and use black magic and cast a curse and spell over my community so that they will be blind and never see the truth. I wanna let you know that your battle and my battle is not just physical, but it's very much spiritual. And God has given you the authority to speak against those demonic spirits that wants to blind the people. And the way you can pray against those things, you say something like, in Jesus' name, I command every demonic spirit, every evil thing that is blocking and causing blindness over this people group or over my family member, in Jesus' name, I command you to get your hands off of them now and be free. You have to come against that spiritual blindness. The Bible declares that whatever we loose on earth will be loose in heaven, meaning whatever we set free or release here on earth, it will also be released in heaven. And whatever we bind on earth, whatever we accept here on earth would also be accepted in heaven. And that term loosing and binding is a lawyer-esque type of term, which was very popular during the time of the Jewish community. And it just lets you know that you have the legal authority and the spiritual authority to come against every spiritual demonic spirit that wants to blind your family, our city, or our islands. And he has given you the key to set those things free. Key number four, declare the release of God's angels to minister salvation. Declare the release of God's angels for salvation. In Hebrews chapter one, verse 14, it says, don't you know that the angels are all ministering spirits for salvation. 
And what I will say is, if the angels are at your disposal, remember, you cannot control the angels, but they will respond to the word of the Lord based on the declaration of your mouth. And so I know many times when I'm going out to a kampung or I'm going to meet a group of unbelievers, I usually pray and declare this verse ahead of me, before me. And I say things like, angels of the Lord that are assigned to me, I release you now to go and minister salvation to the people I'm about to reach. Or I'll also pray from afar. I'll say, the angels that are assigned to these individuals that I'm praying for, my family members, or if it's people in a certain city, I, you begin to declare, in Jesus' name, I command and release those angels to go and minister to those men and women and children now in Jesus' name. I remember early this year, I had the, the privilege of doing an outdoor crusade in Papua. I was invited. Uh, I went to a very tribal clan where they had a lot of their animistic religious beliefs where they were in the place of worshiping animals and nature and other things. And I remember that throughout that time, I will pray that scripture, Hebrews chapter 1, 14, ahead of me. When I got to the place, we were at an open field and they had a ceremony that's very typical in Papua called, I think, Batu Bakar, where it's a big celebration, people come together. And I was able to preach to this area and all I remember is there was a crowd of about 200, maybe 225. And at the end, I gave an altar call for people who want to receive salvation. And 43 people, adults, responded to that message. If you want to see a breakthrough for winning the loss and praying for the loss, release the angels that are at our disposal as followers of Jesus. Key number five. Never stop praying. Never stop praying. Don't quit. What happens is we live in a culture where everything is instant. And, you know, we can order through Shopee.com instant. We can download, you know, uh, music and videos instantly. And sometimes we believe that our prayers should be answered instantly. I wanna let you know that God desires that we keep praying for the lost and for the, our loved ones who don't know Jesus yet and never give up. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 17, it's just three, three words in one verse. It says, pray without ceasing. And if you go into the original classical Greek um, verbiage within the Bible, it has a spiritual military connotation. What I mean by that? One verse, three words. It says, pray without ceasing. What it means, it's a spiritual military attack, which means we attack in our prayer, we withdraw, and then regroup. Attack, withdraw, regroup. Just know 
that when you're praying for the loss, keep praying, keep contending. And then what you do is when you're not seeing maybe the results you would like to see, you kind of regroup and say, okay, God, how should I pray for this person? How should I pray for my family member? What should I do? What can I change? And then attack again in your prayer closet, doing prayer walks around a city or a territory. There's a famous evangelist and also pastor that was around in the early 1800s. His name was George Mueller in the United Kingdom. And he was a man of great faith. He started orphanage homes all throughout the UK. He had a feeding program that fed thousands upon thousands of kids and he gave them a home. This man, after he died, all his staff and his aides were able to get his prayer journals and they recorded that Jesus answered 50,000 prayers. Because he would write in his journal, prayer need, and then when God answered it, he would write it in his prayer journey, God answered my prayer. 50,000 prayers. He relied God day by day, week by week, to provide the finances to feed his kids. And God always came through. He never wrote a letter, never had a campaign, never asked for money, but he went to his prayer closet. But he had this one friend that he grew up with who didn't know the Lord and who was lost. And that one friend he prayed for faithfully for 52 years. Did you hear that? 52 years until that one friend came to know Jesus as his Lord and Savior. You know, I want to see answer prayers right now. I want to see them within my first week or within the month of September. But I want to let you know that God has called us to be on our knees, crying for the lost. We should be weeping and asking God to reach them and use us in any way possible. And in this emphasis or this month should not be an exercise we do just for the month of September, but hopefully this put a hunger in you where it turned to be something you want to do as a lifestyle, like my friend and our friend, George Mueller, who was able to pray and sold many answers to prayer, but never gave up on that one. If you're here today, I want to invite you I want to let you know that Jesus loves you. And I know you heard my message today about the keys to breakthrough prayer for the lost. You heard the message today about why we should be praying for the lost. And maybe you're sitting there right now listening to this message, listening to this podcast. Maybe you're on YouTube or different social media platforms. And you're thinking, Pastor Jason, you know, I don't know about my life. I don't know if, if I'm fit. I don't know if I'm a part of the family, God. I don't know if I'm going to make it to heaven. I don't know if I have the eternal gift of salvation. If you've been asking yourself that question, I want to pray for you right now. So wherever you are, do me a favor, in the chat box, of the social media outlet you are using. If you're on YouTube, chat, 
please pray for me. And we'll have someone, one of our people there to pray for you. You see on your screen, there should be a number where you can call. Call that number, connect with the church, connect with ICC and IFGF this week because we want to encourage you. But if you are ready to receive Jesus as your Lord and surrender to him so that you can be called a child of God and have everlasting life right now that ends or leads into heaven. Let's pray this prayer together. Jesus, I admit that I am a sinner. I believe you died on the cross and took my punishment and my sin on your body. I confess you are Lord and you resurrected from the dead on the third day. Today, I believe in you. Today, I choose you. And today, I ask you to live in me and wash me clean of all my sins. In Jesus' name, I pray, amen. If you heard this message, I will let you know, according to the promises we see in John chapter one, verse 12, it says, to all who believe that Jesus Christ is Lord, he gave us the right to become children of God. If you prayed that prayer today, I wanna welcome you to the family of God. I wanna thank you so much for listening to this message. But for the other people, I pray that there is a fire burning within you where you're gonna pray for your loved ones who are lost, for your city and this island of Bali. God bless you in Jesus' name.